0: Welcome back everyone to All Good Points. It's your favorite sports podcast that's hosted by me, Ricky Gray Jr. Now last week we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly, but this week we're going to ask ourselves the age-old question, who is the worst team in the NFL as of today? Now it's only week four, so I get that it's a little bit early, but I've got a top 10 picked out just for you guys, so you might want to get your feelings ready because I might end up hurting them. Remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at allgoodpointspodcast and on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Now let's start the show. I really hope you guys enjoyed that because it might get a little bit more serious now. It might get just a tad bit darker because I'm about to talk about the 10 worst teams in the league according to me, okay? Some of these might hit a little bit close to home, but it's only based off of what I see. It's just an opinion. You guys don't have to believe what I'm saying here, but I'll have some facts to kind of support what I'm saying. So let's start with number 10 because we can't get to one without starting at number 10 Number 10 is actually going to hit a little bit close to home for a lot of you guys, because at number 10, I am putting the Minnesota Vikings. And that's hard for me to do. Um, the, the reason why I say that it's hard for me to do is because I myself am a Vikings fan. Um, the problem here is, so I get that Minnesota is two and two, right? But they beat the Falcons and they beat the Raiders, which are two teams that are on my top 10 list to begin with. But really where my problem's at is that both of those teams were at home, right? They go on the, uh, on the on the road and they lose twice and not only do they lose twice on the road, they lose twice on the road to two division rivals. Now you're starting off 0 and two in the division and you're actually fourth in the division right now. So your ceiling is so low. you know what I'm saying? like the, the, the ceiling is so low for you guys and, and I don't want to say that they're in like a win out kind of situation, but this is a team that we were like, oh, they murdered the Falcons. So they're going to be some sort of elite team through the year. Not really, okay? And they're not going to be elite until Kirk Cousins isn't there anymore. And at this point, they actually need to start taking a look into their person that wants this I don't I don't want to say old offense because I like old offenses, but they're going to need to look into Mike Zimmer. They have to they have to try to figure out whether or not this is the best option for them going forward. Is his defense good? Yeah, his defense is good. Was the Bears' defense good uh, today? And this is being recorded on Sunday instead of Tuesday, which is my normal day to record. But I'm recording on Sunday because I'm going to have a lot of stuff going on. But that's neither here nor there. Yes, Chicago's defense is very good. But at the same time, you have to be able to adjust for that, just like Green Bay adjusted for it. Just like every other team has had to adjust for a better defense. Just like people adjust for our defense, because Minnesota's defense is another tough defense in the league. The problem is there's no adjustment or adjusting in Minnesota. They kind of are fine with just being the stagnant offense, um, sticking to the run, which occasionally you do need to stick to the run. But in this situation, and from what I've seen with them, how they played against Green Bay, Green Bay how they played against Chicago, they're not They're not going to do much this year, guys. And I hate to take away hope like that and and seem like a little bit of an ass or seem a little bit salty. But here's the thing, they're gonna play the Giants, right? And, the, and in the event that they beat the Giants, right? Well, they there goes the high again. The high starts all over again. Then they'll play a team like the Eagles, right? Which maybe they can beat the Eagles, maybe not. But then they play the Lions, which is another team with a winning record right now, you know? And it's it's this reoccurring thing with Kirk Cousins playing teams that have winning records and losing, okay? Right now, we're 31st in passing yards per game at one 164.7 31st so second to last in the league and then we're second in rushing yards which is fine but like I said before if you can't pass if you can't pass the ball down the field just like Adam Thielen said earlier if you can't do that you can't win football games against good defenses that's just the way it is you need the pass to soften up for the runs that's the way that it works it works both ways you have to have the pass to soften up the run. You have to have the run to soften up the pass, right? If you're playing a great pass defense, you have to run to where they get soft in their secondary. If you're playing a good uh, front seven, you have to pass to get them to stop pressuring so you can start running the ball. That's the way that it works. And for three and a half quarters, Minnesota did nothing to to remedy the situation, to help at all whatsoever. So number 10, uh, the Minnesota Vikings and to be honest I don't really see it getting much better than that guys i I could see at this point the way they're playing this year you might see an eight and eight you might see a seven and nine but I mean even if they inch their way into the playoffs if they have to play a team that has even a relatively good defense where Kirk has to make plays down the field don't hold too much water for it okay guys there's a uh, unfortunately there's not a whole lot of hope um coming in. It's it's and let me just clarify that there's certain things that happen to an offense throughout the year and sometimes they get better. Sometimes they make adjustments and things like that. My problem is you're four games in you've already had the conversation about the passing game. So when where's the adjustment where where is the adjustment and when is it going to happen or when are you guys going to admit that something's wrong that either it's a it's a quarterback thing. It's a coach thing. It's, it's someone needs to go. Someone needs to go. All right. So coming in at number nine is uh, Atlanta or Flatlanta, another team where it's kind of interesting because they have so many good pieces, right? You've got Julio Jones. You've got Matt Ryan. You've got Calvin Ridley. You've got Mohamed Sanu. You've got Devontae Freeman. You've got a, a relatively okay defense, but man, you're you're losing pretty awful, Right? Like, you're losing really, really bad. Um, Minnesota went in, first game of the season, beat them 28-12. to They went on to beat the Eagles 24-20. to That was before the Eagles kind of kicked it into gear. They lost to the Colts 27-24, to and then they lost to the Titans today 24-10. to And the thing is, Atlanta didn't really even get going until kind of late-ish in the fourth quarter. Well, if you're going to wait all the way until the fourth quarter to, to get going on offense, truth be told, it's over. The game's over. I understand that there's a such thing as fourth quarter comebacks, and we see it happen quite a bit, but at the same time, that's there's no excuse for that. You shouldn't start playing football in the fourth quarter. You come out there from the beginning, ready to go, and if you don't, then that's what ends up happening. You end up looking like crap, and at, at this point, who do you blame? Do you want to blame Matt Ryan? Do you want to blame Dan Quinn? You have to You have to get rid of somebody. Make the move. Get rid of somebody. Matt Ryan is not a bad quarterback, right? That offense though is terrible. Get the ball to the playmakers. Go on from there. Coming in at number eight is Oakland. Uh, Oakland. So many promising pieces there. And I know what you guys are thinking. They were able to beat the Colts today. Okay. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like we really thought that they were going to beat the Colts, right? The problem that I have with Oakland is that it's so wishy-washy, right? And it's kind of like the same way that I feel about Minnesota. It's They play good against bad teams, but they play horrible against good teams. So when the Raiders played the Chiefs, they got outscored and outmatched and outplayed and outcoached 28 to 10. It was just awful, right? Then they go into Minnesota. They lose 34 to 14. Embarrassing, right? So now they play the Colts. They win 31 to 24, which was a grind out game. The problem that I'm having with the Raiders right now is that they won't give the ball to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has 228 yards on the season right now. This is a standout running back right out of college. Anybody would be lucky to have him use him. You don't need to use your other two running back. The kid's a workhorse. Work him like that. Um, Derek is is a good quarterback. He can make good plays. He makes really good plays with his legs. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a maybe miscommunication thing as far as routes go between him and his wide receivers. I'm not necessarily sure. But I also think that there's a part of uh, part of the game where it's him and the coach aren't really communicating effectively. And I think that's actually weighing into his game a little bit. I think his communication with his head coach has been kind of suffering as of late. And Oakland's going to need to get that on track because they have a very, very hard schedule going forward because they've got to travel to London and play in London against... Um, against the bears i think it's yeah they they got to go to london and play against the bears and then they got to come back and play against the packers and then they've got to go and play against houston so it's going to be that's a long a long time on the road so you so you head to london then you head to lambeau then you head to houston before you come home to play the lions so if you're going to get it going you better get it going soon otherwise this two and two can turn to two and five really really fast And after it turns to two and five, there's not much you can do because you're not going to win out for the rest of the season. There's, I mean, I don't, I don't really think teams can do that anymore. Uh, Just because the level of competition is so high. I don't really see teams doing the, doing the win out kind of style. Um, But fingers crossed that they get it going. Number seven is the New York Jets. Now, I know that you guys are probably thinking that I should have either put the Jets lower or put the Jets, um, yeah, probably put the Jets lower. Uh, or put the Jets as the worst, I should say. But the thing about the Jets is that their their first three games were tough. They had to play the Bills, the Browns, the Patriots. Those are tough teams to play against. And yes, their offense is lackluster. Yeah, Sam Darnold's got mono. It's a whole thing. Um, but I do think that the Jets can actually turn this around to be somewhat, I'm going to say somewhat of a positive. Um... I think over time, right, I think over time they can actually turn this into something with some of the pieces that they have there. Robbie Anderson, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Sam Darnold when he gets back. I think the problem with the Jets is at the head coaching position. Uh, I think Adam Gase needs to go. I don't think his offense works in New York um, so that's how I feel about the Jets. Jets are coming in at number seven. Number six is going to be Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh technically really is only making my list just because they've lost three games. That's it. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of bad things to say about them. Besides, I've I've been upset with their coaching for a long time. Uh, Big Ben is hurt, so there's not much that I can really blame anything on. It's tough to say that, hmm... It's tough to say that the that the Steelers are really just having a downside. Um, but I don't necessarily see them being that much better if Big Ben was playing. I don't know if that makes sense, but even if I think even if Ben was playing, they'd still be in a, you know one and two or maybe maybe two and one kind of situation. but I still don't think they would look that good even if Ben was playing. Uh, coming in at number five, Arizona. Um, Arizona is a team where people were so high on Kyler Murray that they set the bar very, very high for him, and now that he's not achieving it, people are upset, right? So right now they're they're uh, zero three and one, and it's not like there's any kind of upswing upswing here um, because they've lost two home games back to back. So you've lost twice at home. You couldn't get the win over the Lions, and then you lost on the road to the Ravens. That being said, they have played some pretty tough teams. They did have to play the the Lions, the Ravens, and the Seahawks. Those are tough teams, but the Panthers aren't necessarily a tough team. Um, So I think the problem with Arizona is not necessarily that they're bad. It's that people were expecting for them to be really, really good just because they added in this quarterback. Adding in a quarterback to an already broken offensive line does absolutely nothing. That does absolutely nothing. It's not going to help. You can put the mo- you can put highly skilled offensive players on a team. If the offensive line is trash, it's not going to change anything. Look at Minnesota. Minnesota has some of the best skill position players in the league. Okay, some of the best skill position players in the league, and they're bad on offense. Their passing offense is horrible. Right? Their offensive line is bad. It's better than it was last year, but it's it's those slight little movements forward, right? And that's, that's what that's Arizona is going to have to do. They're going to have to make improvements going forward year after year, putting money into the offensive line, just building it in the background where nobody's paying attention. And then you come out like the Cowboys did some years back and you have this crazy stellar offensive line and you're able to run the ball on everybody. You're able to pass the ball downfield because you have an offensive line, because you have established that. Having a quarterback does absolutely nothing for you. Maybe he wins you one or two games, right? Maybe that quarterback can win those one or two games for you, but he can't win all 16 of them. He can't win all 16 by himself. That's not the way that the league works. Number one position is the offensive line. I don't care what anybody has to say. I really don't. Number one position on the field is offensive line. You can't have anything if you don't have an offensive line. Um, Coming in at number four, the Denver Broncos. Um, This is another team where it's like, you have a lot of high hopes for them um, because of some of the pieces that they have, the Philip Lindsay, the Joe Flacco, uh, the Emmanuel Sanders. They have a good team, right? The pieces are there, but I mean, your offensive line is lackluster, right? And your defense, which used to be this high stellar, you know, wonderful defense has kind of been flat. You know what I'm saying? Like they've, they've been pretty flat So you can't necessarily put it all on Joe. You can't put it on your skill position players. You have to put it on the team as a whole. Now, this is the time where they start to look at Vic Fangio and go, okay, well, you know what? You had a little bit of time here. You were supposed to do something this season. We gave you the money to do this. This is your fault. This is coaching. You're fired. That's usually how these things go. Um, You know, at the end of the game, the Jaguars were able to, to take a win from them today, 26 to 24. They lost to the Packers, which I understand losing to the Packers. It's... It happens, right? It's hard to play Green Bay in Lambeau. I've said that a thousand times. It's a very, very tough place to play. Uh, You lost to the Bears. The Bears have a solid defense, so there wasn't really much of anything to do there. And you lost to the Raiders 24 to 16. Now, the Raiders one I can't really excuse. Um, I think that Denver, depending on how long Joe Flacco stays there, might be able to put some pieces together as far as the O-line goes and might be able to get some coaching going to where they look a little bit better. But I don't think Denver is going to be, you know, Denver of old anytime soon. And it might be a, a pretty bad season. If you're a Denver fan, it might be a pretty tough season to watch. Um, but hang in there because, honestly, that's that's really all you can do. Uh, coming in at number three is the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Cincinnati is a team that I kind of uh, de- despise is not the word. That's not the right word to use. Cincinnati has been bad for a long time and it's not going to change anytime soon. Why Andy Dalton is still there, God only knows. Nobody knows why he's still there, okay? Um Jonah Williams, one of their, you know, stellar picks was was already hurt before the season started. Um you know, there's there's not really many bright spots besides people like AJ Green. That's another person. Why is AJ Green still there? You don't you don't have to have any loyalty to these teams. You can go somewhere else and win. There's no reason to stick around at a losing team. Fuck the loyalty shit, okay? Because Cincinnati's not going to get you any rings or anything good anytime soon. So don't waste away, right? Don't don't waste your time with the semantics of, "Oh, well, I want to stay loyal to a team." Leave, okay? You got blown out by the 49ers 41 to 17. You got killed by the Bills, you know, 21 to 17. You get a bye week, but then you're going to have to go and play the Steelers. What are you going to do against the Steelers? Probably nothing, okay? Even then, even with the Steelers missing missing Ben Roethlisberger, you're probably still going to do nothing. And that's sad to say because there are the pieces there, good skill position players like Joe Mixon, uh, A.J. Green, like I said, Andy Dalton. This is when I I, I don't like advocating for people walking out but I think the, that's like the biggest proponent for people being like, yeah, no, we need to go. Do what's good for yourself. Keep your career going. Don't get injured. Get some money and play for a team that can actually win. Uh, coming in at number two, speaking of teams that could win, uh, my, the Miami Dolphins uh, at number two. Um, Miami's weird, man. Bad for a long time. Bad with whatever quarterback they start. Bad with whatever coach they have. Just bad all around. Now, the things that I'm hearing about Miami is that all of this is planned. That's, that's what I've heard this whole time, is that this whole thing is a plan to tank and get Tua Tagliavoa. I don't even know if that's how you really pronounce his last name, but that's what I'm going to go with because that's all I can, I can do about it. It's, it's a hard name to pronounce. My, my issue with that is that if, if tanking is a real thing in the NFL, then it's, it's really sad. And tanking just to get one quarterback that's probably not going to transition well to the NFL, that's absurd. That is completely and utterly ridiculous. There's, there is absolutely no founding principle that says Tua Tagliavoa is going to be great when he gets into the NFL. And then let me pair that with saying, what kind of message does that send to the rest of the guys that are on that team? That you're going to purposely lose or purposely play bad or whatever, whatever your excuse is, just to get one player in the draft, maybe, maybe, okay? And then, say you do get to Tua Ta- say say that he is going to be good in the NFL. What makes you think that you have the offensive line to protect him to where he actually does look good in the NFL? He could have all the skill in the world. Your offensive line is, tra- what are you going to tell him? Okay, now start playing. Now play for real. After you get blown out by the Ravens 59-10, you lose to the Patriots 43-0, you lose to the Cowboys 31-6, and you get your ass kicked by the Chargers 30-10. There's no business for tanking in the NFL. That's sad. If the front office came up with that, then the NFL Players Association needs to look at that, and then the the guys that are on the, the Dolphins right now need to call their agents up. Find them a better deal at another place that winning is actually important and they don't tank just to get a kid that they think is going to be good. It doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, theoretically, how much sense does that make? Anyways, whatever. Um, They're number two. And I know you guys are probably thinking, well, you, you rammed into Miami, you ran into Cincinnati, but those were three and two. So who's your number one? Well, I'll tell you who my number one is. My number one worst team in the NFL, is the Washington Redskins. Now, this is an interesting kind of dilemma, right? Because I know a lot of people that like the Redskins. I know a fair amount of people that like the Redskins. The Redskins are god-awful, okay? You have a quarterback that can't really even take three steps back before he's got somebody breaking through his offensive line because your offensive line is trash. You haven't done anything to solidify your guard because you have a guard, but he's holding out because either, one, A, he's upset with your front office, or two, you guys are refusing to pay him a certain amount of money. You have guys that are on the offensive line that won't hike the ball when you bring in the new kid. When you bring in your rookie, Dwayne Haskins, came in today. He's he's signaling for the center to hike the ball, and the center's acting like he's in la-la land or something. People are like tapping him to get him to pay attention, doesn't hike the ball, says fuck it, all right, well, there's the delay of game, right? They're quitting on plays. Before the plays even happen, they're quitting on the plays. The team looks horrible. There's no team chemistry. There's no leadership. And it all starts with the head coach, Jay Gruden. And somehow, somehow, this guy's job is still secure. Explain that to me like I'm five. How is his job secure when he hasn't done anything to prove that he can be a leader of a coach in the NFL? Washington has been the laughing stock of the NFC East, and the Giants are in the NFC East. That's insane, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you put in front of it, 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 however you want to frame it, okay? Washington is the worst team in the league right now, and I don't think it's going to change, okay? You've got, it, regardless of regardless of who you put in at quarterback, you could put Case Keenum, you could put, you know, Dwayne Haskins, you could put Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you could put the best quarterback in the league, they're going to still look like trash. Not to mention, the, the Redskins have to go and play the Patriots. Now, how does that turn out? They go and play the Patriots, they're going to get stomped by the Patriots, right? And then they have to play the Dolphins. And that's going to be great to watch because it's going to be the number one worst team in the NFL And then the number two worst team in the NFL. That's going to be entertaining. Just because it's two bad teams playing each other. I don't know. 48 yards in rushing per game. How does that make sense? You you have Adrian Peterson. Run the ball. Well, we can't run the ball. You want to know why? Oh, well, our offensive line is trash. So... That's it for me this week, guys. Um, top 10 worst teams. If I missed anybody, if you guys thought I should have threw somebody else in, go ahead and DM me on Instagram at allgoodpointspodcast. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Remember to rate and review, and I will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful weekend, and now I'm going to play you out.